You know what I hate? I hate those people who listen to the whole podcast. I mean, the whole three hours. Oh, yeah? I mean, what's wrong with those people? Yeah, they should definitely just listen to the best of. Right. The smart people listen to the best of. It doesn't take all day. Just edit this and then put in the opposite for the other podcast. Yeah. Well, let's just cut it in case you can't do it. You know what I really hate? What? The people who listen to the best of. Oh, my gosh. They're missing out on so much. I know. Missing out with so much. They're just stupid. Imbeciles. Yeah. They're bad people. Yeah. In almost every way. Right. Okay. Now, edit that into the other podcast and keep keep the first part here. Okay. Um, And then this. Okay. So, here's your complete podcast. Three riveting hours. And then then for the other one, just now... I mean, like 10 minutes of entertainment jam-packed into this shortened podcast. I'm a little worried. What if people listen to both and then hear the totally different things we're saying? They will never do that. Okay. They won't let on. Uh, Brought to you by Relief Factor. (laughs) Going about your daily life when you're uh, living in pain is like walking uphill with a backpack full of rocks. Uh, You know, it'd be easier to get up that hill, you know, if you could set the burden down. I know the feeling, dealing with severe pain. It is, it takes all the joy out of life. That's the way I was before I tried Relief Factor. Once I began taking it, almost all of my pain just went away. It is possible to set that burden down. It's possible to be living your best life. Give Relief Factor a shot. See what it can do for you. Relief Factor. It's not a drug. It was developed by doctors to fight inflammation. Try it. Three-week quick start. 1995, a trial pack. Hundreds of thousands of people have ordered Relief Factor, and about 70% of them go on to order more. Go to relieffactor.com or call 1-800-THE-NUMBER-4-RELIEF. 1-800-4-RELIEF. relieffactor.com. Feel the difference. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck Program. I, I, you know, it's time that we start talking about heroes, good things. For instance, did you know the trans-identified male has just won first place in the women's cycling tour? Did you know that? No. Yes. Congratulations. She, he, they won. They won. They won. Taking first place, the first female with junk in her pants. Taking first place, and I, I hats off. Also, there's a bearded man who uh, claims to be a woman, um, but doesn't do anything about it. Uh, just still looks like a man, but he's yeah, he's a good-looking woman if he'd throw some makeup on, you know, spend five minutes in front of the mirror, dude. Anyway, he just won. Yeah, another winner, the women's poker tournament. He just Woo! won. So you, you got that. So this is good for women. This is good for women. And I, you know, a lot of people might take this as being sarcastic, but there is a guy in Delaware County in Indiana. He is a Delaware County, Indiana councilman. Uh, he's Ryan Webb, and he is the first Republican local councilman to come forward as a lesbian woman of color. And Ryan, hats off to you. Well, good morning, sir. I uh, I appreciate the invitation, and uh, thank you for the recognition. Thank you. Sure, sure. Now, how long have you been contemplating this uh, transition to a woman? Well, 
I'm not really sure how long I've been contemplating it. Yeah. I, you know, I've, I felt I felt this way uh, for quite a long time, quite and long. just yeah. really wasn't sure the right time to do it. Uh, but as you know, with each passing day, uh, it's become more and more socially acceptable, and uh, the rules have have become uh, ingrained and, and set in stone as such that someone such as myself who has no real ambition to actually live life as a woman, however, knows in my heart that I am a woman. Yeah, uh, I thought this was the the right time for me to go ahead and uh, announce that that's and I think that's, that's the way I choose to self-identify. I think that's great. You you did say in our, your Facebook post that uh, uh, you noticed that there wasn't there wasn't any LGBTQ representation uh, on the council board, uh, and uh, you are the first woman of color too what color are you well um i appreciate you saying that and and i did notice that and i thought you know we just need a little bit uh more diversity we had way too many uh straight white men on the council yeah. and uh, i thought you know we could do something about this but to answer uh what what my uh, heritage is i am cherokee uh native american on both sides very proud of that and uh which uh qualifies me as the woman of color that i am oh so you're not just Jane, you're not just a white guy that is is now saying i identify as a woman of color you're actually i mean we could you know in the old days i would say scientifically show your bloodline has cherokee in it oh yeah yeah full, fully backed up with the documents of ancestry dna.com huh, um huh. you know shout out to them but yeah yeah, yeah. that is the fact so now you say you're uh, excited to be a vocal partner of the LGBTQQIAPC++ movement. Um, and just how far can we take things? Uh, you're glad that, you know, now anyone just like you can be anything or anyone they want. Where, wh- what do you, how far do you want to take things? Well, you know, with this this whole journey of, um, you know, gender discovery and who you are, I'm just riding the wave, and wherever it takes me is where it goes. And I've said before, you know, oftentimes with these things, they're very complex. Sometimes we end up right back where we started. But uh, for what I'm trying to do as far as, you know, promote some awareness within the uh-huh. community is right. to, you know, there's, there's a lot of bad information out there from some of these folks as being intolerant and hateful. And I want to show the world that some of us are pretty down to earth and sensible people. We're not all crazy. Right. Right. Okay. Have you had your first period yet? Well, you know, I, I, I had something going on the other day, but I wouldn't classify it as that. I think I just had a little bit of indigestion. Okay. All right. Well, be prepared. You should keep some family. Talk to your, are you married? I am. Yeah. You are married. Beautiful wife, Brandy. Yeah. Beautiful wife, Brandy. We have six kids and, uh, she's fairly excited about, uh, the new designation of not only uh, being married to a woman of color, but um, celebrating our diversity as an interracial married couple. Right. <laughs> right. Now, she is excited that you, you are now identifying as a woman. Well, you know what? She stands behind me and everything that comes with it. And, uh, you know, she's been sitting back watching things like everybody else. And yeah. She's not she's not uh, naive to the benefits that come with being a woman of color. So we're hoping sure. that you know our kids will be accepted to some colleges that they previously made right, not right, right. Into. So right. you know, the sky's the limit. So she's uh, excited about that. And she's identifying now as a lesbian. Well, she's not necessarily changed her identity. I don't think she can argue the point that that's that's what she is. But right. uh, yeah, she's she's allowed me to go on my journey, and right. uh, you know her journey will, will take her wherever it chooses to go. Right, and you are you are a lesbian, though. 
You'll only sleep with women. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. If, and I've I've offered to prove that if anyone if anyone doesn't believe it, I you know I'm very affectionate with my wife in public. So yeah, uh, I think I've I've more than than uh, stood on stood on my own two feet with that statement. You know, a lot of people, Ryan. Uh, we're talking to. Uh, we're talking to Ryan Webb. He's a local Republican councilman uh, who has just come out as a lesbian woman of color and the first one on the council. And uh, that was very brave of you. So hats off on just your bravery. Uh, a lot of people would say that you are making fun of wokeness and the fact that men will always be men and not women. Is there any truth to that? Well, uh, those allegations have been made. Now, I wouldn't make those allegations. I'm not saying that. In fact, um, I don't know what rule book they're reading from, but my understanding was that, that we weren't allowed to question someone's gender identity, um, that it's simply declaring it, and, and it is so, and you might as well write it in red. So I'm not necessarily making fun of anyone. I'm just expressing how I'm choosing to live my life within the boundaries and rules that's been set forth by society um, and pass the test. So uh, they can say that all they want, but I don't need their um, confirmation or their affirmation or, or any of the Asians. I, I'm, I'm living my own life. All right, Ryan, I, again, we salute you as a very brave, brave. It is hard in these days to come out uh, on something, you know, like this and stand there all alone, surrounded by all of the real power in society. Um, you know, holding your hand and propping you up and giving you all kinds of benefits. And that's a scary place to be. So, well, you, you are correct with that. And in the beginning, you know, some folks didn't really know how to, how to take it. Some were upset, but as the days have went on, I've, I've been receiving a lot of support. And to be honest, Glenn, um, the local leftists in my community, they're the ones who insisted on making this story a, a national story. Me personally, I would like to focus more on the important things that we're doing on the council, such as in increasing transparency and, and increasing the wages for all of our county employees. But unfortunately, uh, this, is, this is what we're talking about. Yeah. It's a really sad situation. Yeah. All right. Well, Ryan, you keep with your truth, okay? I appreciate that, Mr. Right. Beck. I will. Thank I will. You. Thank you Thank so much. Thank you very for much. Me. That's Ryan Webb, Delaware County, Indiana, uh, County Councilman. Brave. Very brave. Very brave. To take a stance like that. And I know. Sincerely. I'm, I assume he's, uh, they are going to be celebrated for this because that's what our society does. Well, I don't, you know, I appreciate that he's keeping his name because I don't want to dead name anybody. Right. But. Who am I to question what he believes, what his truth is, and what his truth may not be? You just did three in a row. He, he, and his? Are you kidding me? Oh, my gosh. I am so you sorry. Are, that is disgusting what oh you my just gosh. did. You are so brave. Thank you. You are so brave. Thank you. I am. I mean, going along with what everybody who has any kind of power at all just going along and sniffing their butt mm -hmm. and holding yeah, their hand. That, that, yep. You know, and doing uh -huh. exactly what you're told. Yes. That you are so brave. Mm, thank you for affirming me. You're well, mm -hmm. thank you for affirming. Well, you haven't yet. You have. I affirm you. Okay. Wow. I, I affirm thank you. Thou. Wow. Mm -hmm. Do, don't you Ooh, feel. I feel heard mm -hmm. and affirmed and just kind of, I don't know, like it's my first day. Of being a girl. <laughs> you know, you, 
you you pass you're very would make a very attractive female uh, and you, not that that's whoa. what your journey is that's right not now. what my journey is but right now but damn you it, would, let me tell you something you if i good. do become a girl you damn well better say oh, that I, i'm not only a girl but i'm a good looking girl oh i will affirm the hell out of you for that yeah mm-hmm. all right mm-hmm. so thank you i affirm you too thank you this has been a great see this is how we all come together this is the mutual affirmation we society just speak the truth mm-hmm. That our overlords demand we speak, and, and then we can all get along. And that's all you have to do. You right. just have to say what your truth is, and it becomes the truth. Well, with, with one exception, like the, with yeah. one exception, uh-huh. if someone says they're trans and then they commit a mass murder, then you, it's totally okay to say actually they were lying the whole time. Any other instance, though, you must affirm what they and say. And I would like to make another correction, and I hate to. Are you disaffirming? Disaffirm me? you. <laughs> But I think it's actually deaffirm. Okay, sorry. You've been officially de apostrophe defirm or defirm. Thank you. Okay, I hate to defirm you, but uh, <laughs> uh, there, you know, it, uh-huh. you said you can say your, whatever your truth, and it is truth, and that's not true. There is truth, Stu, and it's your truth, and it's my truth. But there are some people that don't agree with that truth that we're getting from, you know, the experts, and those people should be shut up. You know, mm-hmm. because they're not brave. No, they're Nazis. We defirm them. We defirm them. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. Hey, it's a great day on the Glenn Beck program. <laughs> I think we've just solved another problem. Uh, thank you so much, Ryan, for uh, being on the program. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program, and we really want to thank you for listening. Senator Mike Lee, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. Good to be with you, Glenn. Yeah, thank you. I have a uh, a rule that Stu and I heard about on a ruling uh, this week that I want to talk to you. I I got to get to that too. Um, but first of all, have you heard about the strike of what is being called Ukrainian drones hitting the uh, the Kremlin, blowing up last night? Didn't do any damage to the Kremlin, but they shot them out of the sky, and they said that it was an assassination attempt. Uh, they were headed towards the presidential palace. Yeah, I, I read about this in the Guardian just uh, just before I took this call, and uh, there's a significant development. We know very little. I, I, I don't know any more than what's been reported publicly, uh, but that's certainly a significant development of that conflict. Uh, it raises all kinds of questions in my mind as to uh, what what kind of weapons were being used, where they came from, how they were deployed, and so forth. But, uh, yeah, this is a significant escalation in that conflict. I mean, if uh, another country sent even a little drone with firecrackers in it uh, and hid into our Capitol Dome trying to make even just a statement, I would think that we uh, we would be uh, closer to war footing in a serious, serious way. Would you agree with that? Yes. Uh, yes, one could certainly make that argument very persuasively. Look, the, the point is that, that there really are consequences. There are significant implications that come from getting involved in what might be characterized as a proxy war through a third-party nation. Uh, when you do that, um, there can be consequences. And so that's it's why this is cause for concern. We need to know more about how this happened, how serious it was, how close they came. Um, because this could have implications for American national security, and it's something we need to follow. So, Mike, can I ask you a question? It's probably a really stupid question uh, for you, um, 
but so try not to make me look so bad. But where is my representation? I know I elect congressmen and I elect senators and I, you know, elect presidents. And so I can vote, but they are not abiding by the Constitution. Um, I feel like most Americans feel like, wait, we're going to war with Russia. What what is happening? Why are we doing this? Nobody's even making the case. Um, it seems like there are just there's a machine that's just clicked on and no one can even question it. I saw yesterday or I mean, uh, last week, the president gave a billion dollars to China, just gave them a billion dollars. And I thought, did that go through Congress? Because that billion dollars is more money than uh, like a whole town of people will ever give through maybe three generations of, of work. Where is the representation of the people on these things? Yeah, look, um, as you point out, people are all over the place on this politically. And there, there are those in Congress, in the Senate and at the House, and in both political parties, who strongly support the aid that we've been providing to Ukraine and want us to provide more. There are others like me who have significant concerns with the aid that we've been providing to Ukraine. Just uh, in the last uh, 10 days or so, um, I sent a letter along with a handful of my colleagues in the House and in the Senate expressing grave concerns about what we're doing. Um, This is a letter that on the Senate side was signed by me along with, uh, with Senators J.D. Vance of Ohio and Rand Paul of Kentucky, and it was led by Representative Eli Crane uh, and signed by about 15 congressmen on the House side. And the letter says in part that unrestrained U.S. aid for Ukraine needs to come to an end and that we plan to oppose future aid packages, uh, especially if they're not linked to some clear diplomatic strategy designed to bring the war to a rapid conclusion. That's been our, our great concern. Glenn, You wouldn't believe that how much opposition there is to this very simple concept there. Uh, Oh, I would. People have just adopted lock, stock and barrel the assumption that this war is an unmitigated good, that our support for this war is an unmitigated good. Look, I I don't like Vladimir Putin. I am not a fan of Russia. Uh, I, I, I also know that Russia has a lot of nuclear weapons. I also know that. Uh, that could cause problems for us and our allies if we're not very, very careful. Yeah, and I also so, know yeah. I also know that um, the Ukraine is one of the dirtiest, most corrupt countries in the world, and maybe thirty percent of our dollar is going to where we're trying to get it to. Most of it is going to these these uh, you know uh, gangsters. It's all going to the elites and the gangsters over there. And nobody even cares. That's 70 cents on every dollar. I don't know. I care about that. Yes. Uh, and you should care about that. And once it leaves our hands and goes to another country, it's very, very difficult not just to control it, but even to account for where it went, uh, whether it's in Ukraine or a lot of other countries. But as you point out, it, there are known problems within Ukraine, and especially during wartime. 
you're probably going to have even less accountability than you would. So, you know, Mike, we've solved this before in World War Two. We sent money uh, to the Arab uh, countries uh, for the war in the Middle East, and we sent uh, money to Hawaii. And when we did, everyone had the Treasury seal. The ones in Hawaii, I can't remember exactly what they were, but one was like red. Uh, the seal instead of that green seal and then the one in the desert was brown and that way they could track where that money was going and they could also say that money's worthless it's no good if it has a brown seal don't don't accept it as as money we can do it we choose not to yeah we we don't do it and the sheer volume of money that we're talking about here is itself independently cause for concern. We're talking about $113 billion that were appropriated by Congress last year alone for aid to Ukraine. Put that in perspective, Glenn. I'm told Ukraine in a typical year spends between 4 and $5 billion on defense in an entire year. And I'm told that in a typical year, Russia spends about $65 billion on defense. So when we're talking about multiples, many multiples, uh, dozens of multiples of what they spend on defense in Ukraine and close to double what Russia spends on defense in a typical year. Uh, that makes us a very significant player in this conflict. And I fear sometimes that uh, people aren't entirely grasping the extent of our involvement and hence the extent of our exposure there. What I wish we were doing is identifying a way to resolve this conflict, to bring it to yeah. an end. What I wish we were doing is focusing on the fact that if we figured out ways to get American oil and natural gas uh, over to Europe, flood the European energy market with U.S. sources of energy, yeah, that no. Russia would play a less dominant role. Yeah. Russia would have less money to play with. Putin would have less capital uh, they are, uh, to justify this conflict. Europe has laundered the oil. They're buying it through India, and India is buying it from Russia. That's that's what's happening. Um, let me switch topics. The White House is now thinking that maybe we don't even need to have a debt ceiling. Maybe that's not even constitutional, so we don't have to do anything. The Fed is going to raise the interest rates again. They are squeezing the American people. They're squeezing the sol the smaller banks, and they're all being rolled up into the Fed banks. They're we're going to end up with maybe three banks, five banks, and they'll all be Fed banks. Uh, and they're raising the rate uh, yet again, it seems. And yet they say they have to do that for inflation, but they will not even make mention of the spending of the federal government. All of us could go on a spending spree with no limits on our credit card, and we wouldn't begin to spend half of the money that the federal government is spending on stupid things every single day. Yeah, and this is uh, one of the reasons why I've got major concerns with, Jed, uh, with, with, with Jay Powell uh, at the Federal Reserve. Look, he came to us throughout the COVID disaster, the COVID nightmare, and continued to reassure Congress that, oh, don't worry, you're spending trillions of dollars more than you're bringing in each year, but this is not going to have a significant impact on inflation. That has continued, and they continue to not warn the American people or Congress or the White House about the very close connection between us spending too much money and having inflation. They don't talk about that. 
they instead resort to the Federal Reserve raising interest rates, which, by the way, is itself even too little. If you're going to use that tool exclusively, you'd have to go a lot higher than this with devastating consequences. But wouldn't it be nice, Glenn, if Congress just stopped spending more than we brought yeah. in? Yeah, I mean, I I heard Schumer. They don't want to do that. I heard Schumer say this is draconian. These cuts. We're talking about going back to the spending of what twenty twenty. How could that possibly be draconian? Twenty twenty two is still allowing for a rate of growth increase beyond that. This is absolutely absurd. Now, Glenn, as to your point about the constitutional constitutionality of debt ceiling increases and and debt ceilings. This is science fiction fantasy that they have come up with. I'll tell you what the 14th Amendment says. The 14th Amendment says we can't default. It says that we have to honor the instruments of U.S. debt that we issue. That is very different than saying we do not authorize the Treasury Secretary to issue more instruments of debt, more U.S. Treasury bonds, uh, uh, once you go beyond a certain level. There is absolutely nothing in the 14th Amendment that justifies what they're doing. And by even floating that theory, they're engaging in lawlessness. Is there a, is there a way to make a deal? I mean, honestly, Mike, I, I'm, I'm to the point to where this government is spending my tax dollars on things that my congressman doesn't even get a chance to vote on. Don't even vote on them. They just do it. And yep. the, where's my representation? That's taxation without representation. They are putting my children into the poorhouse and everybody else's into the poorhouse because the administrative arm feels it's the right thing to do. And that cons- Congress is not even consulted. Not even consulted. No, that, that's. That's right. It, it, look, what's happening here is the Democrats are doing what they always do when they don't like the rules and they can't get what they want. They try to change the rules. But you can't simply reinterpret the Constitution to mean what you want it to mean in order to achieve your policy objectives. There is good news here. The good news is that the House of Representatives, uh, under the Republican leadership, and Speaker Kevin McCarthy, passed a really good it compromise is. package. We had a lot of members of Congress who have never voted before to raise the debt ceiling, who did so on this one because this actually would do some things to bring inflation under control and bring federal spending under control so that we don't have to come back to this well as often as Congress frequently does. That is the offer, and they need to do that. Now, I, I'm, I'm leading a, a, a letter uh, uh, being signed by a number of Republican members of the Senate. And we're committing to vote against cloture. Uh, to oppose bringing debate to a close on any bill that would raise the debt ceiling without significant substantive spending and budget reforms. Good. Is what the White House is calling for, remember, is a so-called clean debt ceiling increase. No. no strings attached. No. And, and we're not willing to do that. And we, we can get 41 Republican senators to sign on to this letter and, and to agree to support this effort, then it'll go a long way toward making clear that any debt ceiling increase is going to have Good. to contain significant restrictions. All right. Hang on just a sec. Do you have time to hang on for five more minutes? Sure. Okay. Hang sure. on. Five more minutes with Mike Lee. Um, I got some questions about what's happening with the Supreme Court and something that I'd never heard of until on this program a couple of days ago. And I don't know why we don't use this all the time. The best of the Glenn Beck program.
So uh, we had a justice come out over the weekend and say, I pretty much know, I think, uh, who leaked the Dobbs case, uh, but I don't want to say. Then some Internet sleuths were saying it's Sotomayor. Uh, Is there no way we can find out about this, Mike? Is there nothing that can be done? Uh, There's a lot that can be done. Look, all that has to happen. They need to reopen the investigation. The marshal of the Supreme Court needs to be directed to reopen it and conduct it with the help of deputized uh, law enforcement personnel from the U.S. Marshal Service. And they need to go uh, back to all of these law clerks and make sure that every one of them participates in an interview. I can guarantee they can find who this person is. Yeah, this is ridiculous. And 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 the the statement that came out this weekend was this was an attempt to get one of us killed. This was an assassination yeah. attempt. Right, right. Uh, to to either get one of them killed or at least cause a, a reasonable fear. Yes, uh, among them that that they might be killed. And either way, uh, whoever did this was good with that. If it meant that it, it would mean no Dobbs majority opinion, as it was in fact issued. But the day after this leak happened, so uh, the, the leak happened one year ago yesterday. The day after, I was talking to, to our friend Dan Bongino, and uh, I, Dan asked me essentially the same question, can they find this? And I said, Dan, you're a law enforcement guy. If, if I had access to you and they let the two of us go in there and ask them, we would figure out the right questions to ask. Yes. If we had access to all the law clerks, we could figure out who did it. I'm pretty sure it's a law clerk. So you, you think are, it's a law clerk? You don't people. think that it is a, a Supreme Court justice member? No, no, I don't. I, I think that's highly, uh, uh, not just unlikely, I think it's implausible. Huh, okay. Uh, I, I, I think it was a law clerk. And if we had access to the law clerks, uh, I told Dan, you, you and I could figure this out uh, within 48 hours. Okay. Because you go and you ask the right questions and you figure out who who might have done it. You ask each law clerk to describe circumstances, who they're talking to. Uh, you get the, the lay of the land, so to speak, among the law clerks. It's not going to be that hard. It sounds to me like some on the, on the Supreme Court, including my former boss, Justice Alito, might well have figured out who it is or narrowed mm. it down significantly, at least. Mm. It's not that hard to figure this out. I don't know why they conducted an investigation in the first instance that was incomplete. Uh, Senator Mike Lee, I'm I'm out of time now. I can't get to the question that I had for you, but uh, may I ask you back to answer this? Because it's a a rule I've never heard of, and it just worked on the on the ATF on firearms. And I don't know why we don't use it all the time. You're talking about the Sixth Circuit's ruling on the rule of lenity. Yeah, hang on. I don't. I talk about that. You'll come back to talk about that. Heck yeah. Yeah. All right. Good. Thanks, Mike Lee. Senator from the great state of Utah. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. All right. Full disclosure before I get into this. Um, uh, Jace Medical is a, uh, a sponsor of. Are you just Blaze? You're not Radio 2, right? Not yet. Yeah, okay. Um, I, I talked to these guys a year ago and they had what they put together was the Jace case and it has five different antibiotics in it. And I thought that was really great because as we were talking, I said, you know, my daughter takes anti-seizure medication. You know, I'm on high blood pressure. And if you know anything at all 
about when the system breaks down, your antipsychotic drugs run out in 30 days. Your blood pressure, your anti-seizure, all the things that are keeping people alive that probably wouldn't have been alive, you know, a few years ago, they all run out in 30 days. Where are you going to get that? That's the question I asked you guys a year ago. And you said, ah, we're working on it. Right. So let me bring in Dr. Sean Rowland. He is the uh, founder and CEO of Jace Medical. What are you bringing? Well, as you mentioned, this was, it was, yeah, a year ago. We've been working on this for a while. Yeah. Um, you know, coming, bringing to market the, the antibiotics, um, knowing that, that that was just really the, the first step um, and a very important step, a vital step. But to your point, uh, everyone's out there dealing with, with different personal conditions. Mm -hmm. And so finding a way to do our same service with the Jace case, which is our antibiotics, being able to do the same thing for chronic conditions. So we're, we're super excited. We're here to let everyone know that, that, that they can now go to jacemedical.com. They can get access to up to a year supply of their whatever chronic medication they take. Uh, blood pressure, thyroid, seizure disorders. Uh, there's, there's quite a list. How expensive is it to buy, to buy a year's worth? I know my daughter's medication for her anti-seizure is like 700 bucks a month. It's something outrageous. Yeah, so that's a really good question. The, it, it's so dependent on the actual medication you're taking. Some of them yeah. are, are pennies, um, some are not. And so, so really it runs the gamut. But what we've tried to do is basically make it as accessible as possible. But it's not just the medications you've got to pay for. You've got to pay for the physician visit um, to have that encounter, to get the mm -hmm. prescriptions, and then go to the pharmacy, get your prescriptions, and have them, have them sent out. So packaging that all together. Um, it turns out, though, that it's, it's probably a lot more accessible than people realize just because we're so used to dealing with with insurance companies and co-pays and and we were just disconnected from the true cost of the care we, that right. we receive um and, and so this we kind of have, have taken all that out and, and made it a much more direct connection between between ourselves the patient and the physicians so you put together a list here and i don't recognize any of these drugs i, I bet i'm on one of them uh uh Fuloxetine, that not that uh, anti-depression medicine or not? Yeah, yeah it, it is. That is one. Um, and a twelve-month supply is sixty bucks. That's great. Right. Yep. I, there, there's some on there that uh, you know, forty, fifty, sixty dollars. Uh, you mentioned some seizure medications; those might get up there a little more. Yeah, too. Yeah, sure. And right now, this is limited to to pills, tablets, um, for the most part. So, so injectables aren't aren't yet on the list. Um, insulin, which is a big request that we get. And yeah, how do you solve that problem for how insulin? How do you solve it? How could you even store it for a year, though? So if it's stored properly, uh, you, you do you do get, you, you can, in, in some cases, get a, a, up to a year uh, of viability out of your insulin. Wow. As soon as you take it out of the fridge, it kind of, the, the clock starts ticking and, you know, you get your 30 days or whatever it is. Um, so there is a way to do it. Um, and that's something that's a, that's another one that, that maybe we can come back and talk about, but that's another one that's in the works. Right. Um, and how, how are you, I mean, because the government is so freaked out about every kind of pill now, um, and they're cracking down on everything. And, you know, 
they're creating all kinds of problems and shortages and everything else. But um, do you have to have your doctor call in to you guys or what do you do? Right. So the biggest thing, bringing up kind of regulations and, you know, we're, our, our goal, we want to empower people and we want to do that through access, access to, phys- to physicians, access to the medications at a, at a reasonable rate. And part of this, though, is, is not everything's on the table. It's not everything's a, an appropriate or safe option. So, of course, controlled substances, just an immediate off the list. There's no way I can get you a year supply of your ADD medication or your, yeah. or your pain meds. Um, and so there's there's certain medications that are just disqualified um, right off the bat. Um, so that's, that's, and that it's appropriate. It's the best way to do it. Yeah. Um, we're talking about kind that of- That would cause you all kinds of trouble. Yeah. And it would, yeah. And, and yeah. And, and, I, and I think, again, trying to balance access and empowerment with appropriateness mm-hmm. um, is, is also really important Correct. for us. And so, you know, when it comes to the, to the controlled substances, that's just something that, that we're not able to, to, to help with right now. Again, though, coming up with some other, got some things in the works, in the works there. Um, so really we're talking about the legacy drugs. These are, these are your, you've been on your blood pressure meds for 10 years. Yeah. Uh, you see your doctor regularly. You're it's, it's under, things are under control. You haven't changed your dose. Mm-hmm. You're a safe patient. You're someone that I would, that I, as a physician would feel comfortable knowing that you've got regular follow-up. I'm going to give you a, a year's prescription for this medication and why not? And in and, and that can be applied to a lot of different medications and conditions, um, and they're all relatively, I'm going to say, low risk when you compare them to things like opiates and things. So that's yeah. where, kind of regulatory wise, um, you know, this it goes through a board certified physician licensed in your state, goes to a pharmacy that also is is is, is licensed to do business in your state as well. And so, and the the Jace case has uh, what five flights of antibiotics. Right. So you've got five antibiotics in there, covers really a quite a range of different uh, potential bacterial infections. They were specially curated and, and selected because of the things they cover. You know, we want to cover things that are common, that might be common in a scenario where you don't have access to medical care. Things like UTIs, you know, urinary tract infections or, or sinusitis or pneumonia. We also want to cover things that are really deadly, like a bioterror attack. You know, if there was a, an incident of bioterror in, in your city, some aerosolized anthrax, which is one of the agents that's been identified by the government. Plague. Plague is another one. They're using, exactly. I mean, they're, yeah. and don't worry anybody, just, you know, in China, the same lab, they're just doing some experiments with the lab. Uh, I mean, with the, the black plague and, and uh, should work out fine. <laughs> well, so there is, there is a uh, treatment for that and prophylactic treatment that everyone would need to be on. For example, one of the drugs that are in the kit is doxycycline. So the idea is that you'd get the whole population taking prophylactic doxycycline in the event of one of these attacks to prevent getting to, to prevent the mm. getting sick, right? Um, and so how that gets from the national stockpile into your hands as a citizen uh, in whatever city you're in, I'm not sure how well that's going to go. Um, we kind of saw how the vaccine rollout went, yeah, and things like no, that. Probably, no. probably, and you need to be, and it needs to happen within within 24 hours. So probably not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, so that's one of the ones we include and we include it in an amount that would be appropriate for you to take, which is two months. You've got to take that medication for two straight months. And that's in the Jace case? And that's in the Jace case. Wow. I didn't know it was two months. Yeah. It's a long, it's a yeah. long uh, prophylactic. And can you get it for each member of your family? So, yeah. And this is another one where we, we you know, we're, we need to operate within these appropriate bounds. And so right now, uh, this is for one, it's for one person. Cause it's got to be prescribed to that person through yeah. the physician. 
Um, and then age-wise, we deal with, we, basically it's adults, but if you've got a, a minor, if you've got a, ch a child that's 14 or older in your family, um, they're basically going to be taking adult doses anyway. Mm -hmm. So we'll do it for 14 and older as well. well. Uh, so it does leave a big portion um, when you're talking about pediatric patients and those that are younger. And so that's another one. Uh, I have to tell you, the, the, this is, you guys are, are you, are you guys preppers? Well, I'm going to say yes. I guess preppers is like I, everyone... There's such, a, there's such a range of who's know, a prepper, right? I know, right? I know, I mean, Let me just say this. You're worried about the supply chains. You're worried oh, about yeah. things. I could I could sit here for the next three hours and talk about, about the dangers, the knife's, the razor's knife edge that we are on. It's it, That is at its core why why I, I did this, uh, is, is because of that, because of living through pre-COVID, being in a hospital, in a community hospital, and dealing with shortages at that time, which was, for me, just like, what is going on? How, how can this be? We stopped being uh, um, the America I know during COVID for multiple reasons. But one, I, I remember people saying, well, we're out of that. We won't have it for maybe six months. And I'm like, what the... What yeah. do you mean six well, and, months? And that might work for your the, the computer chip in your car. You can Correct. get a car. You just won't have all the fancy thing. Or maybe right. you can wait a year for your for your stove to, to you know, a new stove right. to, to install. But that doesn't work for medications. Uh, and if you, we if we go to war, China even just does a trade war with us, don't they make like 18, uh, 18 different ingredients that we don't have access to? Like most of our at, drugs. At, at least. Yeah. All roads lead back to China when we're talking about pharmaceutical supply. Even when you look at factories in India, for example, which is another big supplier for world for the world, not just for the United States. We're in line with everybody else for the world. Uh, turns out, and this happened over COVID, actually, India's government came out and and said for the first time, because is, these are numbers that are really hard to find. The FDA can't find them. And the government's trying to figure out how can we get more transparency in the supply chain. India came out and said that it, around 70% of their active pharmaceutical ingredients for their product, for their manufacturing process come from China. Oh my gosh. So so again, kind of all roads seem to lean ba lead back to China. Um, certainly when we talk about generic medications, which is 95% of what we take in the United States uh, on a daily basis are generic medications. Virtually 100% of those are produced out of the U.S. and mainly have some tie, whether it's an ingredient or out, outright manufacture, manufacturing in China. Well, it's good to talk to you. <laughs> I'm interested to see how this is all going to work out. Um, the, uh, I, I want you to go to the, and this is not a commercial. I, I, I was so excited when they talked to me about the Jace case. One of the first things I said was, what about all the people that are going to die in 30 days if the supply chain breaks down? And they said, we're working on it. And I, I said, when you guys have it, you can come on the show because this is the one piece of a prepper's job that has not been able to be solved. Yeah, I absolutely. Mean, You've got your food, you got your water, but without your health. Yeah, to, to, just, yeah what do you do? just America without its psychiatric uh, meds. The, the number of depression we have that are killing themselves now, imagine in hard times and no medication in 30 days, yeah, you start to have terrifying. You, oh, it's well, and terrifying. some of them are life threatening. I, I, the, the specifically, you're talking about some of the psychiatric, psychiatric medications. Yeah. Those are ones, you know, if you stop taking your statin for your cholesterol, you're, you're probably going to be okay for, but you can get back on. You've got some time. Right. Uh, there's those other medications specifically in the kind of psych realm and some others 
that you, you can't just stop them cold turkey. Um, th- there's there's going to be consequences. Um, and you're right. We just haven't had uh, a viable option uh, to, to protect yourself yeah. or, your, or your family. Protect your family now. Go to jacemedical.com. Find out all about it. Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. Congratulations. Thank you for solving this. Well, thank you. It's we, I feel like we've got a lot more work to do, and we're just getting started. But That's great. Uh, this is great. You've been great at helping us get the word out. You bet. One, one step at a time, make sure every step is exactly right. You make one false step, and, and then we lose this opportunity. Yeah. So yep. thank you. JaceMedical.com. That's JaceMedical.com. Na, na, na.